0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Let's talk. We've got coronavirus. We've got U.S. economy. We've got the caucus mess. As Donald would say, it's a mess. I really don't understand how caucusing works, even when it's explained to me. It's like, you go stand over there with the sheep, and you come over here with the cows, and then let's move everyone back around. I don't get it. It seems like a silly system. But what do I know? Um, Because I don't really get politics. Google's in the news today. Lower than a monster big update yesterday. But today, they came up a little shy on revenues. We'll talk about it. Be patient. Be patient, okay? There's a lot going on. The PBOC, the People's Bank of China, made a $57 billion liquidity injection into China. um, Trying to economically stimulate or keep banks afloat at a time where people are very scared in China. Tesla continues to soar. Stock was up 20% yesterday, up 15% today. It's $900 a share. For a long time, it was playing in the 350, 280, back up to 400. Couldn't quite get to 420, and then boom, it's $900. You think it's about the shorts. It's the most heavily shorted hated stock. Not hated. That's I'm, I'm projecting other people's feelings, and I shouldn't the most heavily shorted stock on wall street and that's not the thing that's driving it higher it still has higher to go it has gone parabolic and a lot of people think that's a bad sign for the overall markets the iowa caucus went from being a momentum driver for at least one candidate to none for all of them in large part because it went weird weird Inconsistencies in the reporting. Again, they somehow created an app so that everyone could report their numbers, their counties better. And this just sounds like a bad idea. Let's 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 try out a new app this year. President Trump is still awaiting to be acquitted by the Senate in his impeachment trial. He to make his way to Capitol Hill tonight for probably a victory lap during the State of the Union address. I got to imagine the State of the Union address is going to come up with some good uh, video with the talk show hosts this is a contentious congress right now so let's talk about some of the stories that we see out there oh and one quick stock it should be brought up clorox a lot of times i get caught up on the just the two obvious airlines and travel companies don't do well when coronavirus is sweeping the country people stay home they don't go to movie theaters But one of the things they do is they Clorox. They get the Clorox wipes. They get the Clorox. They clean. I once was a part owner on a company that would clean up, how shall we say, accidental scenes. So if someone was murdered or if someone jumped through a, not someone, but like a deer jumped through a plate glass window and bled everywhere in a store, someone has to clean that up. And a friend who was uh, from another country, uh, came to this country, first generation kids, uh, first generation American, and uh, so he needed some money. At one point in time, he was a really good friend, and number one thing we'd use is Clorox. Um, yeah, Clorox won't get the blood stain out of a mattress, but it'll kill everything that's negative about a blood stain, minus the, the stain. I guess it would get the stay out if you want to bleach everything, right? So there are plays like that on world investments. I would be very cautious ever going anywhere in that direction of like, ooh, I hear the story is a hurricane is going to hit Florida. Therefore, I should buy lumber. Therefore, I should buy Home Depot. That's a tough way to make money. Penn National did one of the most interesting purchases that I've seen in quite a while. They took a 36% stake in Barstool for $163 million. Barstool Sports is trying to break into online gambling with their millennial-based coverage of sports. So Penn National has casinos. And they want foot traffic in their casinos to come watch games and to do sports betting. A growing trend like the legalization of marijuana in the United States. So I think they're going to make a lot of money on this one. And it makes very interesting to take a look at Penn National Gaming as a long-term trend on gambling. Now, that's investing in a, like a major sin. Alcohol, tobacco, firearms, gambling... And sometimes investing in trends don't work terribly well. Like, coal is going to, not zero, but it's not going well. Exxon's having trouble keeping their stock price up. They've got plenty of cash to pay their dividend. But no one wants to own the stock. Everyone wants to own something that saves the planet. Bring in Elon Musk. He will save the planet. So Barron's fund now owns 8.6% of Penn National. And uh, he's just saying the growing Spets the growing sports betting industry. I don't know why spets was a, a word that I kept stumbling into. And uh, sports betting revenue was about $950 million in 2019. And as the industry booms, it's going to go up to $6 billion to $20 million. That's a pretty big wiggle area. So sports betting and online gaming have been some of the hottest topics for investors, and we look for trends. DraftKings reached a deal to merge with Diamond Eagles Acquisition Group. Penn National stock jumped after they took a a big stake in Barstool. Just some ideas for you. I don't know how you invest or how you want to invest. My job is to sit here and say, here are some ideas that are going on out there. 800-516-1220. Teach calls on the air. It's 800 516 1220. calls on the air. I've got teeth. <clears throat> One of the reasons I bring that up is <clears throat> there's boring investments that aren't really all that boring. Like a Colgate Palm Olive. Guess what they make? Things that go on our body, like shampoos and toothpaste and such. They're not going to go out of business. They have shelf space. Now, again, sometimes these companies do get caught up in millennial uh, branding wars where they don't, we don't like that brand. But when you dominate oral personal care, pet nutrition, you do it okay. You got coverage in North America, Latin America, Europe, Asia Pacific, Africa, East Africa. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up on the 6th, this Thursday, in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. You can sign up for it at 630 to 830 at Rob Black Show. That's Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 and listen to the commercials. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. <clears throat> Welcome back in Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Big seminar coming up on the Thursday. It's Thursday the 6th, 6.30 to 8.30. We'd love to see you there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You can sign up for the event by going to Rob Black's show. It's in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Um, I throw out a lot of ideas. Anytime I do, you should always consult a broker advisor if you take any action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. Um, Because I don't know you. Are you with me against me? So, and I don't know you well enough. And uh, you get the idea. So Tesla had a monster maniac kind of reaction today. And we should talk about it for just a minute, a little bit more. Um, I don't own shares of Tesla other than in an index somewhere, probably likely. I'm not even 100% sure on that. So I'm not touting or... crying um Tesla's a big story in large part you don't see big jumps like that often when you're worth more than gm and ford they're, t- they're they've got their arrow tip pointed at toyota as being the most valuable t- car company in the world like what it's blistering One analyst referred to it today as, I just can't believe this freaking stock. It's insane. That's not typically how you talk about stocks. Short sellers are scrambling while finding themselves down more than $8 billion since the start of the year. If they cover, they're hurt. At some point in time... You're only allowed to short a stock with a certain percentage of your portfolio before the brokerage firm comes after you and says, hey, 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 you can't let this go on forever. You need to pay your bills. Above $900 a share. Ron Barron says it's going to be a trillion-dollar company in a decade. Now, here's the good news and bad news. Let's show you just some odd thoughts here. Facebook lost a lot of value last week after hitting a record high, but... It's perceived that it lost a lot of money, so people might be like, oh, I'm poor. The Bay Area's got companies like Apple. Google had a big day yesterday, a weak day today, but overall a good five years. You can look at our companies here, Apple, Amazon. Well, Amazon does have a huge presence. Apple, Google, Tesla, Facebook. And these stocks are just continuing to climb higher. What do you think is going to happen to Bay Area real estate? Tesla, Tesla shares are up more than 100% this year. So even if you're a lowly janitor working at the factory in Fremont, you probably got a little wealthy on this one. I know a janitor who worked at Merrick Online who made about $5 million off the stock just by cleaning... The bathrooms and the stalls and the cubicles, he kept seeing more and more. It's a funny way of, of looking at it. Some people look at, like, Wall Street and they go, lipstick is an indicator of economic recessions. Or it's not. The length of a woman's skirt is an indicator of a pending economic recession. They tend to get lower when the economy heats up, and they get, tend to get longer as the economy heats down. There's just a lot of stupid indicators like that. But look, if you do a business for 60, 70 years, you got to come up with, with ways of uh, looking at things, right? So Roth's capital, he's the guy who called the stock freaking crazy. He explained that the investor interest in Tesla is coming from some of its biggest financial institutions. Right now, if you're a millennial... You're eyeballing anyone on Wall Street who's trying to push Philip Morris or ExxonMobil or Chevron. And you're you're saying, I really want these companies to be sustainable and and earth-friendly. So it's easy to market Tesla. The momentum is huge. And big businesses want to continue to show that they, they got your back. Since Tesla's stock was under $200 a share in June... Short sellers have covered $12.6 billion worth of that stock. Now, they're still down another $8 billion. Two years ago, Tesla CEO Elon Musk promised the short burn of the century. And that's when he came out with the Tesla flamethrower. Barron's seemingly wild optimism has become such more outlandish. A lot of analysts who cover... Tesla think of it as a car company. Some analysts like Barron see it more of as a tech company. Tesla's in China are wildly profitable, Porsche like margins. Not so much in the United States. Now Ralph Nader who I am sorry but I feel like Ralph Nader where does he live and when does he come out of hiding and why what why now? seems like every seven years we get a Ralph Nader statement on this show. I'm not against him. I think he's the guy who kind of got car companies put seatbelts in cars, right? So when he said, he tweeted out, when the stock market bubble implodes, Uh uh-oh, he's not happy with Tesla. When the stock market bubble implodes, it will have been started by the surge in Tesla shares beyond speculative zeal. Now I don't think that's a good game to get into I just predicting people to lose. Especially in the in the world of the United States where you know why I don't short stocks? Americans are stupid. Put your hand over your heart and let's play the national anthem, right? While I talk dun dun, dun, dun I, vote for me, Americans are stupid. We bought pet rocks in the 1970s. We're not very smart. <laughs> I remember when I was a boy, at one point in time, I was like at a King's Dominion, kind of a Cedar Fair kind of place, and they were selling invisible dogs, which is basically a dog collar, I guess, with some starch on it. So it, it's, it hovered a foot from the ground, and people were buying invisible dogs and pet rocks a pet rock would probably come from a quarry. I don't even know if they washed it. Threw it in a box, and it was a pet rock. Isn't that beautifully sarcastic? No. We buy stupid stuff. So I look at the valuation test, and I go, well, it's way ahead of itself. But if you're looking 10, 15 years out, maybe it's not. But the people who buy it today, for it to grow in that valuation, they're going to have to sell it to someone else. That's where it becomes a pet rock, in my opinion. You have to be very, very cautious playing a stock like that when so many people love and hate it. Big seminar coming up Thursday, February 6th, February, a week before Love Day, a week before Valentine's Day. You can sign up for the big event, bring your sugar booger. Sign up at robblackshow.com. It's income and tax planning in retirement issues. Good product, bad product, Elks Lodge, Palo Alto. Sign up at robblackshow. Show. Listen to the commercials for more information. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Tesla shares are going gangbusters. Factory goods orders surged 1.8%. What was a brutal Friday has turned into a pretty good Monday and Tuesday. Feels a little bit like a roller coaster when you start throwing in words like coronavirus, when you start throwing in Super Bowl numbers. Everything's just kind of moving on Wall Street right now. Earnings season started to wrap up. Earnings, it kind of showed some winners and some losers, as it always does. <laughs> lot to think about in this market. Let's bring on CFP Chad Burton. He'll be at the Thursday event with me and others. A lot of financial planners is what I'm hinting at. uh, You could show up for the event at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto by signing up at Rob Black Show or newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com and use the code radio25. Chad, uh, caught a tail end of your show yesterday and you were talking a lot about health issues on your show. And I'm like, what's a financial planner? talking about health issues for. Um, but they're, they are kind of tied together. Uh, thoughts? You want to save me from this one?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the thoughts are is that I've been doing this for 25 years, and I've kind of seen uh, great retirements and awful retirements. And the, the one thing that rings really, really true is that um if you go into retirement and you're not very healthy and you don't do anything about that you tend to spend your 70s going to the doctor all the time and the conversation with your family and your friends is always about you know going to the doctor for this and that and the other things you're dealing with instead of actually enjoying life and making more memories with people and i, I just i kind of you know hit the age of 45 and got paranoid about that and i've always been into health you know me um And the other thing that's really hit home is just the massive amount of cancer issues that our employees have dealt with, not personally, but with with, uh, parents. We had two New Focus employees. Uh, Parents pass away from pancreatic cancer in in a year and a half. Had several client issues with cancer, another one yesterday. And so it's just becoming very real. It's the environment that we live in, the food that we eat, and... What's the point of saving all of this money if you can't enjoy it, right? So it's just really important to me right now, and it's gaining a ton of traction to get more emails about the health issues I'm talking about than than investment issues lately.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Obviously, with more medicine, with better medicines, um, moving from molecular to biotech, uh, or genetic is a better way of saying that, we're probably going to live longer, but not necessarily, but we're probably going to live longer because like you said, there's more cancers that could kind of chew that up. Uh, My mom's in her eighties and she's in horrifically bad health. She's a sits there and does nothing waiting to die. My spouse's parents are 80 and they're wildly healthy. They need more money because they're still living long, but my mom's costing more money in the short term because of the, the healthcare issues and the, you know, the the cost of keeping her medicated, so to speak.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, so many issues when it comes to finances when it when it deals with longevity as well and longevity is going to be a huge part of our economy going forward, especially with ten thousand baby boomers turning sixty five and some other issues that we'll talk about in a minute but I, for one thing you're going to need to save more money if you're if you have enough money to eat better and, and and exercise and things like that, you're going to live longer, and that's likely going to put a strain on Social Security and Medicare, which means you're likely going to see uh, more and more kind of success tax with it. So if you have higher income, you're probably going to have higher taxes on your Social Security right now. Only up to 85% of your Social Security could be taxable. It's probably going to be more later, and they're going to have to put off the age of when we can actually take it. Um, and then same thing, more. There, there's already a huge Medicare surtax if you make a lot of money. And you could end up paying four times as much as your neighbor for the same kind of mediocre coverage. But there's so many things that are being discovered when it comes to things like cancer and healthy cells between what you eat um, and how you exercise. And even things like cryotherapy and you know, when you work out, how you work out fasted, um, followed up by whether it's a cryo or a cold plunge or a cold shower and how healthy that is for yourself to so not only fight cancer, but also things like Alzheimer's. And then there's things like, uh, clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats or the CRISPR changes. Uh, their CRISPR technology to change DNA, and it's a leading weapon in a fight against genetic disease. People are going to hear more and more about this, and this is going to be probably a large investment theme going forward. Um, there's also things like replenishment and phenoletic drugs, which kill zombie cells um, that kind of fight aging and deteriorating cells that causes the inflammation in our bodies and, and then the response to cancer and Alzheimer's and things like that. So there's so much stuff coming out. There's an investment angle on it where science and technology is all coming together to help people live longer and healthier. Um, so if you can afford to retire, you can typically afford to eat better and work out. And that means you're going to live longer and you have to save more. Um, so it's, you know, the 100 is going to be, in probably 10, 15 years, 100 is going to be an easy time frame to make. Since I've been in the business for 25 years and I've only had three clients live over that age, I expect the majority of my clients alive today to live past 100 because of some of the technology that's coming out.
0: Even if you don't live past 100, it's probably a good idea to have a plan, to just in case you do. Or to have like a, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. But I digress. It, it, because a lot of times it's a plan what, B. Because right, because some people you know have enough to maybe live till you know eighty six because that's the old number that people used to use. We always use ninety five for one person, one hundred for for another person, and then you can run the what ifs. You know, if you run out of assets, um, you know a lot of times you, you live that long, you're going to be selling your home and moving into assisted living or something else. So what does that plan be? What does it look like? Have you communicated that with your family? Um, and have you talked about it even in your estate plan and in your trust documents?
0: It's interesting because I hang, hung out with uh, in-laws, elderly people, and um, what their retirement looks like versus what, what they expected it to look like are two very different things. But what's retirement going to look like for CFP Chad Burton?
1: Well, it's, it's so weird because at one point I guess I'm getting kind of the, the middle age thing going right at 45 and retirement seems so far away. And to me, it's just like not even the idea of just stopping just doesn't make sense to me because I go a hundred miles an hour. So having a business that, you know, runs itself with people that are smarter than me is, is kind of a goal. But lately, um, I've got this crazy sense of urgency to travel and experience memories with my kids because I have two phases of kids. I have a three-and-a-half-year-old and then a 15-, 17-, and, a 15, 17, and 20, almost 21-year-old. And crazy. my middle kids are at that age where they like to travel and do stuff with Dad. My older kid is more into he would rather travel with his own friends. Right. And then the three and a half year old, you don't want to go on a long plane ride with that age. So now I've seen all of this and I'm like, okay, I've got these certain windows to travel and make memories with my kids. I've got these certain windows to continue to snowboard and things like that, uh, which I want to get those bucket list trips. And I don't care if I'm working at 70 because I feel like I'll be healthy and I think my mind will be okay. And I think I'll still enjoy it because I want to have that sense of, you know, uh, having something to accomplish, whether it's work or volunteer or mentorship. Um, So for me, it's more of a phased financial plan, right? I've changed it a little bit. So I don't care if I work a little bit longer, I'm going to spend more on memories now. But I know what I can afford because I've done a financial plan, I can do projections with our software that has, you know, different multiple withdrawal rates at different points in time and a lot of people are doing that where they try out retirement for a while or they go part time in their late 60s through mid 70s and then before they fully retire Um, so what's your personal plan what do you want to do once you aren't going to work every day and the first thing you should do is concentrate on your health in my opinion and then figure out what is going to make you feel fulfilled after that
0: I want to finish the top 100 video games of all time kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 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 I just wanted to see if I could get a reaction to you. Um, So what's the rate withdrawal rate? You got a big old nest egg, a big chunk of money. We got about two minutes and we should plug the seminar for this Thursday, 630 to 830 in Palo Alto. What's the rate withdrawal rate on your big chunk of change? Because those numbers seem to be moving these days.
1: It's no longer 4%. I mean, we are sitting at... A 1.5% 10-year Treasury yield, Rob, that's, that's like a, what a, about a 25% of what it used to be in 2007, right? Uh-huh. I mean, sure. fixed income or bonds are paying so low compared to your parents and your grandparents that 4% draw rate is not going to work. It's just not. So, if you're going to retire at 65, if you're drawing more than about 3 3.5% of your portfolio, you're likely going to run out of money before age 100 unless interest rates normalize in the future. So, um, people are going to have to save more. They're going to have to concentrate on dividend achievers. Those are stocks that have a history of increasing their dividend to help them fight inflation, Um, do more strategy with with their debt, maybe pay off their mortgage sooner, things like that. So, you really need to run a new financial plan if you're close to retirement at this point.
0: Thanks very much. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can meet him and talk health, or talk investments, or talk the health of your investments, or talk anything financial planning related. This Thursday, six thirty to eight thirty in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. A couple more other CFPs. Mark Fairley's going to be there. Ryan Ignacio, Dan Fetterman, amongst others, talking financial planning issues. All be there. Palo Alto Elks Lodge, 630 to 830 this Thursday. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. The code is radio25 to get in. We'll see you there. Look forward to it. It's almost sold out. Probably going to be totally finished by the end of the day. So sign up today at Rob Black's show or newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. The Super Bowl had some interesting numbers. They saw an increase in number of eyeballs. But that number has actually dropped from an all-time peak high. Now, again, you're starting to learn about peak highs on this show, right? Are you with me or against me? Uh, When markets hit an all-time high and then they pull back, sometimes they go sideways, sometimes they never go back. Sometimes they do. Um, what's interesting to know about peak highs? The Super Bowl hit a peak of 114.4 million users in 2015. And the number of people who watched the TV audience, 99.9 million. <laughs> 99.9 million? Come on, let's round it up. It's only a 1.7% increase from last year's football championship. Fox said if you add up, use both fingers, we were actually at 102 million if you use the Spanish language simulcast to the numbers. First and foremost, I'm going to jump out there and say that's a little low. You're telling me only 2, 2.5 million people watch the Spanish simulcast? My understanding of Spanish is weak, but I kind of always assumed that Sometimes some Spanish people have some lack of English, but apparently they'll watch the football game. Hmm. That seems a little weak to me. Two million, two and a half million. But again, I've never really studied Spanish broadcasting. There was a phase in the late 80s and early 90s when companies like ABC and BCCS were trying to figure out, okay, what's next? What's next? They didn't think about streaming. But that's when they started buying uh, Telemundo and Spanish speaking networks to add to their array of product of networks. The viewership of the Super Bowl 53% male 47% female. Mm, Okay. The most expensive ads Republican President Donald Trump and Democrat President hopeful Michael Bloomberg spent up to $11 million each that's pretty unprecedented. They say Bloomberg could spend over a billion dollars of his own money on this um, election cycle. Each 30-second commercial went for an average of $5.6 million. The planter's mascot, Mr. Peanut, died, and he was reborn. I don't know which I'm more offended at. The fact that they said they may pull the, the commercial due to the fact that Kobe Bryant died last week. Or the fact that they basically ripped off Baby Yoda with a Baby's Planet Peanut. Baby Mr. Peanut. I don't know which one I'm more angry at. But it's a cultural event. The Super Bowl. So there's some value in that. Now, I just talked about a commercial ran for, on average, a lot of money. And... Um, reach 100 million people you start doing that math and you kind of like start figuring out you know where could we spend that 5.6 million next year well some of it goes purely into streaming yes fox streamed the game no one talks about those numbers super bowl ads were sold for 300 to 400 thousand dollars for 30 seconds of time on the stream now the stream may have a more attractive advertiser profile than say the T V show because the T V show you don't know who's watching. You, you kinda get the Nielsen data. But Fox could say, hey if you want to watch the stream, we want to know your name, what city you live in, tell us how much money you make. You get a lot more data. There's a sneaker company called Sacconi. Or you could say Socony, I'll say Saccone. Socony, Saccone. Socani, Saccone. They didn't really want to put, pony up $5.5 million for the television. So they threw down $300,000, $400,000 for a stream, of which they were more than happy to do. Because on their, their shoe that they're trying to promote, it's degradable. And they wanted the younger audience that they knew was there on the stream versus the older audience that you assume is watching TV because they can't figure out how to hit, get on that internet. So, last year's Super Bowl averaged about 2.6 million live streaming. We'll get some more numbers out of Fox, but they're a little slow on it. It's interesting because there's one more thing happening with the NFL right now. They have a lot of streaming rates that they are selling to companies like Google's YouTube TV, like Amazon's Prime TV. And they even sell things like the official halftime show by Pepsi, To YouTube, YouTube, obviously, uh, $15 billion run rate of revenue. That's stunning. That came out last night after the market earnings. But even the NBA TV ratings have declined this season. They think in large part due to injuries. I think in large part due to there's just so many freaking fracking TV shows to watch. It's beyond a golden age. It's like the golden, golden age of television. So Sakoni was promoting a new biodegradable show. I get it. Streaming video viewers tend to be more engaged with what's playing on their screen than the linear TV where we can kind of get up or start a conversation. They're less distracted than quote-unquote broader audience. But networks are still trying to sell super bowl ads as one big package and trying to bundle it to as much things as they can. Did anyone watch The Masked Singer? I did not. I refuse to. The big game is still the big game is what I'm trying to get to. Anyhow and anyway, big seminar coming up Thursday, February 6th. That's this week. Holy mackerel. 630 to 830. It's in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. It's about income and retirement. It's not ideal for people who are 20. It's not ideal for people who are 30. But as you turn 40 and you start marching towards 60 and trying to figure out when you want to retire, I don't want to retire until I qualify for super uh, uh Social Security. It all we're all different, but you'll learn a lot, I guarantee you. At the new focus financial event, sign up Elks Lodge in Palo Alto at newfocusfinancial.com. Newfocusfinancial.com. It's gonna fill out today, so do your very, very, very best. Um